Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Sam Maniscalco. Sam is the co-founder of M Squared Salon here in Birmingham. And he is also just an incredible man of faith. Uh, Sam, it is a great honor to have you here with me today. Thanks, Matt. It's both an honor and a privilege to be with you today, truly. Excellent. So um, Sam and I met uh, a while back at church, and it was pretty cool because we sat near each other for a while. (laughs) And then ultimately, one day uh, I was walking in and he was walking out and he just said, you know, we need to get together sometime. And I didn't know why we were getting together. I don't think he knew why we were getting together, but it's been mm-hmm. cool to see the relationships that that, that has been formed, uh, not only between us, but also other people uh, that have now been a part of the small group uh, that we're in on Monday night. So um, I don't know what all we're going to discuss today, but I know it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Nor do I. So you just lead me down the path and we'll see where it goes. Excellent. So. Uh, Sam, you are the co-founder of M Squared Salon, and mm-hmm. you started that with your wife a while back. So she's the other half of the M Squared. Correct. Uh, but you guys not only uh, were serving people with uh, obviously their aesthetic needs, but but also you were serving them spiritually as well. You had a prayer room in your studio. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, and I'll try to make it brief. Uh, it's I didn't get to know the Lord until we opened this salon. That's when I really started my walk with God, and and I um, I want to share everything that I experienced because I think a lot of people fear the Lord and nothing to be afraid of. So there was actually where my prayer room was. It was actually a sports bar and grill, and I used to go over there in the afternoons. I had a blog page and I wrote about God in a bar. Go figure. And um, this this place closed, and after much discussion, Jackie and I decided to expand our salon. And um, ultimately, this little corner that was going to be my office became a prayer room, and it, it was God's handiwork. I'd never really prayed for people before, hands-on prayer, never done any of that. But the day that it opened, someone came up to me and said, hey, you got a place where we can talk? And I was like, yeah, I guess. So we went in this little room, and an hour later, um, she was in tears and she asked me to pray, which was very awkward for me because I never prayed for people before. Uh, I said a prayer for her and she called me back the next morning and she said, I don't know what you have going on in that place, but I shared some things with you that I've never, ever told anyone. And I, I just replied, well, it has to be God's presence because it's it's certainly not me. That was the start of it. God kept sending people and I had more and more opportunities and I got out of the way and shared my testimony with them. And um, prayed for him. And that's how it started. Well, that's awesome. And it is, uh, you know, I, I think that it is extremely important that, that business owners recognize the opportunity that they have because people come into our businesses and, and they share things with us in different settings that, that they wouldn't share with other people, especially when you've got strong relationships with you know, your clients and your customers. But um, at the same time, you know, so many business people, they, they even if they are Christians 
they they leave their Christianity at the door <laughs> or they leave that at church. And, right. you know, when they come to their business setting, they believe that it's going to hurt their business somehow. And I, I know that that has not been the case for you, nor has it been the case for me. So uh, from that standpoint, you you offered these services and, you know, th these abilities uh, and options for people to come in. And now that you didn't force it on anybody, but but you had it available. Uh, what did you see ha happen? you know, in that time frame that, that you started that taking place? It, it was a progression of things. There's a, there's a story that precedes the salon we, we currently have. And I won't go into that one right now, but we just took a huge leap of faith. We walked away from the business that was profitable. I wanted a fresh start. And um, we just left the old business behind and opened up the new one. And again, that was right around the time I got hungry to know about this God that I, that I never knew. So um, I started sharing with people with with our guests that came in the salon and uh, i think it, it was it was actually a series of steps matt i think the first one was um can we put scripture on our service menu and on our website can we get away with that you know my father always told me in business there's three things you never discuss that's football politics and religion mm -hmm. so so i steered away from the first two well i still talk about football but <laughs> but i said okay you know what? we're gonna we're gonna test the waters and see if we can get away with that so we put scripture on our service menu and our website and, and our business was growing. And I was like, well, I wonder if we could get away with putting a cross in the lobby. And we hung a cross in the lobby and, and our business continued to grow. Uh, and I think the next step was, um, I wonder, I wonder if we could play contemporary Christian worship music all the time and nothing else. So one morning we flipped the switch. And that's all that plays in there now. And there's a lot of backstories behind this, but I won't go into it now for just for just the sake of time. But the last thing to fall or to go was um, was a prayer room because I'd started people were I was sharing my journey with people and I would sit in the lobby and talk to people and, and mentor them. I, I didn't really have an office at the time. So the last step was was the prayer room. And it was um, it was a God thing. And, and once I got out of the way, uh he started giving me more and more opportunities. Now, I never hung a shingle outside the door. Uh, I'm not a licensed psychologist. People would send people to see me just because. Let me interject this real quick. This is a huge part of my story. And I, I told our pastor this years ago. I said, you know, you can stand up on a stage. On Sunday and you can talk about you can talk about. Um, Addiction, you can talk about divorce, you can talk about theft, you can talk about pornography, you can talk about anything you want to talk about. But I'm telling you right here and now that no man can help a man out of a ditch better than the man that's been in that ditch. And for whatever reason, Matt, it was God's plan, and you know this, it was God's plan for me to be in just about every ditch that, that was ever dug. So there's not anything someone could bring in there that I hadn't experienced or walked through to some degree. So there was just... You can really appreciate what people are going through when you've been there. You know, did I answer your question? <laughs> yes, you did. And, you know, it, it is. Uh, first of all, I, I agree with you 100 percent. People say that, that you can't talk about any of those things. And, and I just had a client meeting a couple of minutes ago and we talked about all three of those things. And when he left, he's going through a challenging time and I prayed for him. And and it really it, it encouraged and it helped him.
Absolutely. Uh, so I 100% agree that you can do all of those things. And even though the world's telling you that you're crazy and it's going to hurt you, it's that's right. not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But uh, also, I, like you, ended up in a lot of those ditches. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to hear from people that, hey, you've been in the same situations. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? I, I want to hear from somebody who's made mistakes versus somebody who has, has never made any or at least won't tell you that they've made any uh, because the person that was squeaky clean, uh, they probably were not going to reach me from the standpoint of, I know for me, when I had made a lot of the bad decisions that Mm -hmm. I made in life, you know, at one point I felt like I was too far gone and in the church that I'd grown up in, you know, I I was past the point of no return. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was very distant from God. He was never distant from me, but Um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you had a path that was, uh, I mean, it got pretty intense there for a little while, the, 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 the path off of, uh, the one that God had intended for you. What did that look like? And, and how did you, you know, get back to, to where you are now? Okay. Uh, to begin with, let me just say this right up front. What I share here today, it's not from a place of defeat. It's from a place of victory because what was in my past, it'll always be in my past. But the shame and regret and anger and frustration and whatever, whatever other negative thing you want to connect with that, it's not there anymore. It's always in my memory banks, but the hurt that came with it or whatever, it's gone. So um, I'm, I'm going to give you just a quick synopsis of my life. I grew up in a in a Christian family, went to church every Sunday. Uh, went to a private school, so I had religion class every day. Went to went to church before school every day. So so you would think that I really um, knew God. I knew who God was, but I but I didn't know him. And I'll I'll wrap up with that at the end of this this little section. But um, along the way, I, I did make a lot of mistakes, and I'll just start with becoming an alcoholic in college and dropping out of college and getting married way too young. Uh, that, that marriage ended in divorce along the way. I became a cocaine addict along the way. I became addicted to internet pornography and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, and quite obviously through all those things, your sense of self value and your sense of self worth and your confidence and your self esteem and all of that gets eroded. Um, and, and that, that was pretty much me. Now I did get a divorce and God in his loving kindness, graciousness was sent, sent my, my second wife and my current wife, Jackie to me, we've been married for 31 years. And, but even with her, you know, I, I still carried a lot of that forward, even, even in our success and, and two sons and, and whatever, all the good things that came in life, I still, Hated looking at the guy that was looking back at me in the mirror. Okay. Now, I, I guess this is the best part. God got me out of addiction of all kinds. He got me out of cocaine addiction. He got me out of pornography. Alcoholism. I smoked cigarettes for 30 years. He, he pulled me out of all of that. When I didn't even know him. <laughs> That's the best part. You know, people say, well, you know. I gotta, I gotta clean up my act and then I'll, then I'll get a relationship with God. Well, you and I both know that it doesn't work that way. You chase after that relationship with God and then he just starts stripping away 
all of the layers of garbage that you've been carrying. So um, that's kind of how it went. Well, it's, it is a powerful testimony and, you know, again, all of the many, many mistakes that I've made in my life, mm -hmm. there's not been one that God couldn't fix. I agree. And, and that is the beautiful thing about it. And, and I, like you, was not walking with the Lord for mm -hmm. a long time and, and he still started to change me, you know, slowly but surely. But it wasn't until I met my now wife now that it made me want to be a better man and, and really it. start changing some behaviors. And, and ultimately, uh, you know, it was January 2016 for me right. that I fully recognized, you know, how he'd been pursuing me this whole time. Get it. And, and that supernatural revelation that, that my mom had been praying my entire life. And <laughs> so that's why, you know, she was praying that I meet a godly woman. Yeah. And that's why he sent me my wife. And then my wife was praying that I would meet godly men that's crazy. in 2011 when she had an encounter with him. That's the point that that started to take place. And he showed me all those men that he brought into my life because of those wow. prayers. So the power of people praying for other people. I mean, there was somebody praying for you. There were probably a lot of people that were praying for you. And, and the power of those redemptive prayers never stop praying because you never know when that person is going to have the breakthrough even if they haven't had the encounter yet. But, you know, thankfully for both of us, we got to know him as the loving father that he is, the incredible, gracious God that he is, and the God that, that can do so much more than we ever hoped, dreamed, or imagined. So at what point did you, you, you got through all those things, at what point did you fully surrender to him? I, I think I need to interject something real quick that that's really was crucial. To, to my testimony, um, I was talking to someone in the salon one day and I just made the comment that um, I keep waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Wide awake, four o'clock in the morning, I can't go back to sleep. And this customer said, maybe God's trying to tell you something. <laughs> just like I did now, I laughed. I was like, God doesn't talk to me. He, he quit talking. He, I don't know that he's ever spoken to me. I've done too many things wrong. She said, well, you know, um, I'm telling you, maybe God's trying to tell you something. I said, okay, fine. The next time, I said it sarcastically, the next time I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, I'll get up out of bed and see what God's got to tell me. She said, okay, I'm going to hold you to it. And I said, all right. So we have this clock in our bedroom that projects the time on the ceiling. The very next morning, I'm sound asleep and I open my eyes and it's four o'clock. And I was like, I'm going back to sleep. So I rolled over and I laid there and I remembered my my promise to this customer. And I remember throwing the covers back. I'm sure I didn't say it out loud because Jackie was still asleep. I remember throwing the covers back and saying, all right, God, let's see what you got to tell me. And, and I went into the kitchen. It was pitch black. And um, I was I just had my my underwear on, sat down at the kitchen table, didn't even turn the lights on. Now, the, back then. I didn't know what worship music was. I didn't have a Bible. I really didn't know how to pray other than the canned prayers that I learned when I was a child. So I sit in this chair. I'm like, all right, God, if you got something to tell me, tell me. I said, you know, I'm starting to realize that maybe I don't really know you. 
I've been in church all my life and I'm afraid of you. I think I've been going to church not for what I might gain, but for what I might lose. I don't know the God that my parents talk about and my grandparents talk about and all these other people talk about. So I'm going to sit right here in this chair and see what you got to tell me. And Matt, I sat there in the dark for an hour and a half. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I prayed. I don't know if you want to call it meditating. I don't know what it was, but I came to my senses an hour and a half later and um, and I knew that I felt really, really good, better than I'd felt in a long time. Well, that 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 scenario repeated itself every morning for the next seven months, every morning. I'd go sit and listen to what God had to tell me. And one thing that I learned, and this is two important things, you know, you've always heard. Draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. That is so, so true. I'm here to tell you, there's no doubt about that. Back then, I told you I didn't listen to worship music, but I had this iPod. Remember iPods from long ago? This is back in the late 2009, 10. I had this album of Andrea Bocelli on this iPod and I would listen to that because it made me feel good, you know, and, and, and I would tell people I've been listening to this song. On this album, they said, oh, it's the one with Celine Dion. No, that's not it. That's not it. They said, well, what was it? I said, I don't, the song, half of it in Italian. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm Italian, but I couldn't understand it. But it was like, they wrote that song for me. And the most important part that said, it said, once in every, and once in every life, there comes a time when we walk out all alone and into the light. And one morning as I was listening to that song, I saw myself in my mind's eye standing in the back of a dark cave and it was dark and it's where I'd been for a long time, but I, I could look towards the entrance of this cave and there was a light there. So I start walking towards the entrance to this cave and I walk out and, and it's a ledge overlooking an amazing valley, which, which was kind of breathtaking. But the thing that got me the most was there was this light. I know this sounds sappy, but it's the way that it happened. There was this bright light that I couldn't really look at. I could look towards, but I couldn't really look at. But I know that it was warm and I know that it was refreshing and I knew that it was like. But what I think I realized more than anything was that for the first time in a long, 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 long time, um, to whatever degree I was standing in God's presence. And, and all of that. He wanted me there. So all of the bitterness and all of the shame and all of the regret and all of the being afraid of God because I wasn't worthy enough. I wish I could tell you the mechanics of it because it doesn't make sense. But in that moment, I learned the true nature of God. Well, I don't think it sounds sappy. I think it sounds like a supernatural encounter <laughs> with a living God. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, my mom had never told me that. Jamie had never told me that. It was supernatural revelation. Mm -hmm. and, and when I recognized that, that God had been right there and all I had to do was just yeah. ask him yeah. to say, hey, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? You know, I, I, whatever you want, I, I'm yours. And, you know, that that place of surrender where you you have an encounter with him and you know that you know that you know that he is 100 percent real and he is 100 percent for you and he is 100 percent just. He, he wants a relationship with Absolutely. you. I mean, it, it transformed me instantly as well. There was still a process of walking it out, sure. but it was, I have not been the same since that day. And, you know, so it's, it's not crazy, but you had to recognize, first of all, you had somebody 
encourage you, uh, hey, maybe you ought to get up and, and maybe God's trying to speak to you. Right. And you had to say yes to that. Absolutely. You know, and for me, like during 21 days of prayer, I had to be there at 6 a.m., you know, for that 17 days to get to day 17 to have the breakdown. Yeah, I get it. You know, sometimes it's pressing in for a while. And that first day you're there for an hour and a half and you you experience something that was better than, you know, before you started an hour and a half earlier. But uh, sometimes it's just pressing in over and over and over and you don't see the breakthrough right away. Absolutely. He wants to see if you're going to keep coming back. If, if you haven't gotten the results that you want yet, will you keep coming back until you do? Mm-hmm. And that to me is, um, you know, we live in a society of instant gratification. True. And everybody wants it right away. You know, we, we talk about the microwave generation and, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is like, if God doesn't do exactly what I want him to do right away, then is he worth having? And, you know, God is incredible and he, does want incredible things mm-hmm. for each one of us. And he's got plans to prosper us and do us no harm and plans for hope and a future. But it is a journey that you have to go on. You've got to take steps in order to find out all of the things that he's got in store for you. It's not just a, hey, I'm going to just put this out here for you on day one right. and let you have this. And then, you know, you just keep living your life the way that you've been living. Then you just come back when you need it again. I mm-hmm. mean, um, it is a it's a process of refinement. It's a process of uh, character building. It's a process of uh, sometimes burning off the, the things that need to be burned off. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a process. It, it's absolutely yeah. a process that day at, at the table when I when I stepped out into the light. Um, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the journey. You know, I think so many of us put barriers between ourselves and God. That was the day that some of the barriers came down. But then God still had to do a work in me. And even though that I knew that that was his forgiving nature, that he wants a relationship with us, that he wants us to be close with him, that we're still his his favorite creation. Each one of us are his favorite creation. Then we begin the process of cleaning up ourselves, you know, and, and getting rid of the old habits. And, and getting rid of the negative thoughts about ourselves. You know, I tell this to people all the time, and it's so true. Our, our, our memory for good things that happen in our lives, they're just short term. If, if I were to say, Matt, tell me in the next, in the next 20 seconds, tell me the 10 best things that have happened in your life. You could probably get to 10, but you might reach for the last few. But if I said, Matt, Tell me the worst moments that have ever happened in your life, the things you're most ashamed of, the things you most regret, the things that, that make you the most angry. I don't know about you, but I could just rattle off a litany of them. In the South, we have what's known as a tote sack, you know? And, and we gather these, these regrets, things that we're ashamed of, we put them in that tote sack and we throw that tote sack over our back and we walk around collecting those. And two things happen. This is my analogy. The more weight you put over the back, the harder time you have walking through life. But then there's something that almost magically happens. Whatever it is that you have in that tote sack, it becomes a part of your identity. So when you look in the mirror, you don't see the good things. You don't see the accomplishments. You don't see the many things. I had many things to be grateful for, 
But when I looked in the mirror before I knew the Lord, all I saw was a failure, a, a, a drug addict, uh, someone hooked on to Internet pornography, someone that got a divorce. You, you get what I'm saying? All the bad things. So it's just a process. When you get when you get born again, when you when you when you want to have a relationship with the Lord, that is the beginning of the journey. It's hard getting past some of those. I won't I won't make a lie about it. I mean, I had to battle myself, as you well know. You know, you have to tell yourself that's not true. But if you believe that something's true for all your life and then all of a sudden you put the brakes on, say, wait a minute, that's a lie. You have to deprogram yourself. Well, I think, too, it's, it's recognizing that the enemy is reminding you of all of the, the shame and the regret and regret and, and the things that you've done wrong, you know, because just as God is speaking to us on a daily basis, the enemy is speaking to us as well. And recognizing the voice of truth versus the voice of the liar is is one you know determination that people have to make, you know, and, and the only way to know which one is which is, is by, you know, the the word of God ultimately telling us which path is correct. And, you know, when we know what God says about us and who he says we are, we are called, we are chosen, we are a royal priesthood. When we recognize all of those things, then we get free from, you know, the, the, the curses of the past and, and all of those things that, you know, society defines us as. And, and the beautiful thing about it is with Christ, all things are possible. You know, through him, all things are possible. and you know, without him, nothing is really going to be fulfilling. And, and, you know, this world wants to constantly define us as, you know, who we are on our worst day. And God doesn't see us that way. And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, the refreshing and, and just, just the agape love that he has for us that is never ending. And it is there no matter what. And, you know, that that beautiful thing that you have discovered, you know, even though there were probably people in your life that wanted to remind you of those things that you had done in those bad times. You know, you had to surround yourself with people that come alongside you and say, that's not who you are anymore. You know, I know what you did, but that's not who you are. And I think that that's extremely important. So speak to that as your life started to change. You know, did you have to shift relationships and. Um, you know, obviously the, the places that you spent time on a regular basis. Sure. Well, let me add one thing first, and it goes back to what you were saying. And, and I don't mean this. I don't mean this any way than other than it is until you until you still yourself. And, and you get after God and you learn to listen to his voice or his downloads or what he drops in your heart or sends other people to tell you. The devil's voice is louder than God's. I know that sounds terrible, but from the time we're a kid, we start listening to the devil's voice, either either through through other people, through things that happen to us and through ourselves. We become our own worst enemy. So we have to undo that. So so now to answer your question, did my circle of friends change? Jackie and I always had a small circle of friends. Uh, we're congenial people. We're easy to get along with. But for whatever reason. We just didn't have a large circle of friends. We had some things in common, 
But um, but when but when we found that relationship with the Lord and Jesus, and we wound up in the right church, and and we were and we were surrounded with people that believed as we do, that would speak truth into our lives, that would help us grow to become better instead of holding us back. Our circle of friends changed. We may not have as many friends now as we used to have. But the friends that we have, whew, they are amazing. I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm, but I'm, I'm closer with some of my friends than I am with, with some of my family because there's that, that, that tie that binds, that, that Jesus knot, whatever you want to call that. That's a really, really strong, it's stronger than any glue. You know what I'm saying. You put Jesus in the mix and you find that commonality and, you know, you forget all the other differences, but what you have in common is strong and it's like, bam. So, yeah, our friendships have changed. Our walk in life has changed. Everything has changed definitely for the better, not for the worse. But I think that, you know, just the small group that we have on Monday nights, mm -hmm. I mean, the... The friendships that have been forged in there, and that really started at the beginning of COVID. Right. We were on Zoom for the longest period of time. You know, some of the guys had never even met each other in person mm -hmm. until uh, I don't know how many months into the the group. But but it is an incredible bond that you forge with people. That is when it's birthed in relationship with mm -hmm. Jesus. You know, you are able to share things with them that you know you can't share with just anybody because they're looking at it through the lens of you know, how he sees you versus everybody else sees you. Right. And, you know, going back to, you know, what you said about the, the voice of the enemy is louder. Not only is he louder mm -hmm. because God is, is speaking in a still soft voice, mm -hmm. but also the enemy that his words are getting affirmed on a daily basis. Amen. You know, because of the news media, because of the entertainment industry, because of the music industry, mm -hmm. because of, you know, all of the different ways that, that people are bombarded with lies on a daily basis. Right. It's a lot easier to fall in those traps because the enemy's been setting traps since <laughs> the fall of Adam and Eve. Absolutely. He has been setting those traps for us. And now it is just promoted 24 seven. And so the word of God is not as easy to find. And it's certainly not, you know, being reinforced on a daily mm -hmm. basis. So that's why it's important to have you know, to know what his word says and to, you know, be in groups of people as we've got right. uh, that, that are encouraging you, that are supporting you, that are praying for you and mm -hmm. covering you because, you know, we're all going to face obstacles. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, how you respond when you face those obstacles and who is helping you keep moving forward I agree. when you get punched in the face. Yeah, there, there's a difference between um, acquaintances and friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. If you don't, if you don't help me to become a better person, if you don't push me to become a better person, if you're not, if you're not all in for me, I don't, I don't want to sound big headed, but if you're not a fan of Sam, for me to grow as a person, as a husband, as a man, as a father, as, as a Christian, if you're not, if you're not that, you're not my friend. I, I'm not being ugly. It just, it just is what it is. The people who think like me and are for me, I draw them close to me. And the ones that don't, how you doing? I'll acknowledge you and I'm going to be friendly to you. But you know what? You are not going to get in that tight inner circle because I only want to be surrounded by people 
They're going to help me a better man. That's good. So, so now you've just recently transitioned from uh, full time in the salon. Now you're working with Vapor Ministries Correct. in a role. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, about Vapor Ministries or about my role or about, about your role. Okay. Um, a combination of both. Okay. Vapor Ministries, in a nutshell, uh, builds and, and operates sustainable centers in poverty-stricken areas around the world. There's, um, there's three in, in Africa right now. There's two in Haiti. There's long-term plans. I just heard the 10-year plan this morning to explode that. There's two, vape, there's two thrift centers in Birmingham that drive that. I, I've always felt that God had something else for me to do. And, and I didn't know what it was, but I wasn't going to quit asking him or knocking him on the door. So right now I'm involved with Vapor Ministries. Um, I'm putting together a morning prayer for them, coming up with fo- focus topics and assigning leaders for them. And, and I really feel like, quite honestly, I'm on the periphery of things. But if God is supposed to open that door for me to get more involved, as a matter of fact, I had a Zoom call with, with the founder of Vapor Ministries yesterday morning talking about how I can do more and be more effective for vapor because man, I, I I'm retiring from secular world, but um, I just feel like not in, not in a conceited way or a prideful way, but I just feel like I have so much more to give towards growing God's kingdom and elevating people and encouraging them. I got a really late start in life, but um, I, I have a long way to go. So, so there. Yeah. Well, I absolutely agree that the best is yet to come <laughs> yep. because your your passion and your fire and your energy is not dimming. It's not getting uh, less. It's getting more intense. Amen. And so that is something that's going to continue to increase. Mm-hmm. And in the the insatiable hunger that you have for the Lord is is awesome to see. Thank you. And um, so I'm really excited to see what what He continues to do Thank in you. this new season. But uh, yes, He is going to continue to open new doors. As Jim prophesied the other night, uh, you know, we both better have the, the covering in place. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be an adventure with you. Absolutely. And I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you being with us today. And, you know, it was great to talk to you. I'm thankful for our friendship. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, that your powerful testimony is going to help somebody who's walking through a tough situation right now. Mm-hmm. Just know that that if Sam could do it and if I can do it, you can do it. Amen to that. So be encouraged in that. And you know, if you like this episode, please share this with your friends. If you got encouraged, we think that it will encourage somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow us, uh, you can go to Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also Living Life on Purpose Always at Instagram. And then uh, just let us know what you think. You know, comment on the videos, uh, the, the audios. Just just give us your feedback and we hope that you have a great day and we will look forward to